Joe Thomas in the morning live from the gaslit streets of Charlottesville, where why do you make us do these things to you is the city's motto. Because these have always worked out so well, the city has said, hey, how about we start a gun buyback program where we'll take your money um, and we will buy back the guns from the bad guys. I, I hope... And I say this every time one of these municipalities starts one of these gun buyback programs. So we've got a lot to get into this morning. I'm sorry. Uh, so much to do. I just jump in here. Yeah, we'll get into the January 6th stuff because it's not like I didn't tell you there was something hinky going on here. Um, but enough about me. Let's talk about you. What do you think of me? I will also visit with more folks who are uh, running for the Virginia House of Delegates. Um, and Tim Heafy. Yes, that Tim Heavey all coming up. I will dig into all of this, but gun buyback. Guns, uh, but yeah, how, how has that worked so far in Richmond? As a matter of fact, Mayor LeVar Stoney has been used as an exemplar for the uh, plan that uh, apparently. Interim City Manager Mike Rogers here on the gaslit streets of Dysfunction Junction has said, no, no, we're working on it. You know, nothing says success more than, you know, an announcement from the interim city manager. You know what we're going to do? Hey, guys, it, it was like we were in a pitch meeting. By the way, by the way, you know, you know how I am. And and you know that you'll you'll hear from time to time clippings from the uh, great philosopher, the stand-up philosopher, Mel Brooks. So uh, I have uh, spent a little bit of last night catching up because History of the World Part Two has finally uh, come out. And uh, Mel made it for uh, Hulu, apparently, and <laughs> some good stuff in there. I mean, some of it, eh, some of it they're trying a little too hard. Um too much of it is like they're making fun of television as, as much as they're, or they're using television as the plot design. Uh, but one of the things I thought was funny was uh, Shakespeare, who really was Aaron Spelling for his generation, being depicted as a TV pitch room where everyone's at there pitching ideas and, and, and Shakespeare. It was just, it was a very funny arc because if you study theatrical history Shakespeare really was television for his day it was cheap it was written for the masses it was written for uh, the the satirization of the powerful uh, and the elite to the amusement of those who would be able and and it was inexpensive and it was daily so you could go there any time and see it it was really the 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 Globe Theater and I you know the the the, the oh the the literate, literati uh, they they get so mad when I compare Shakespeare to Aaron Spelling but, you know he Aaron Spelling kids Google him he was in the seventies and eighties pretty much every TV show that was successful seemed to be an Aaron Spelling project nine zero two one zero all that stuff um, but you know, he was the big TV producer of the time. Who's who's the biggest TV producer right now? Is it uh, 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 what's his uh, face? Uh, Simon Cowell? Is it because uh, uh, 
Survivor man, he's out because he's Christian, and you know they can't be. You know, oh, you know, the, about the only show of his that survived, pun intended, is the Amazing Race. But but the point I'm making is that the, the, this Michael Rogers presentation on the gun buyback is like he's a pitch man uh, pitching an idea to uh, TV producers. Well, what what if we try a gun buyback program? Yeah, you, you guys like that? You guys like, well, what if we try? What if we try, uh, and they don't know, maybe they'll use COVID money that's left over that the city has to spend on something because that was what the COVID money was spent to do, uh, was printed by the federal government to do all of these. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Chief Coaches has got a sergeant. Uh, sergeant, uh, we don't know uh, which one, but he's got a coordinator of the program. Coaches is sitting there through the whole thing. Okay. So when we get back, I want to go through the history of gun buyback programs in the United States. Not to be, not, no, no, no. I know you're saying haters got to hate. But we will go to the Pew Charitable Trust. Pew! That's a couple of moments in history of the world, part two. By the way, very appreciative in history of the world, part two, to see. I thought they, they overdid it. And if you watch Hulu's uh, History of the World Part 2, Mel Brooks produces it. When, when they actually do Hitler on ice, <laughs> I thought it was over. There was too much to it. They took too many obvious shots about Hitler, but they could have they stuck to the whole ESPN uh, play-by-play crew analyzing the scores at the end of Hitler's uh, uh, skating routine. I I just I thought it was, it was worth it uh, there. But uh, that being said, when we get back, the the history of gun buybacks of the world, part one. Occupation, stand up philosopher. What? Stand up philosopher. I coalesce the vapor of human experience into a viable and logical comprehension. Oh, uh, it's like you put a let's go Brandon case on your smartphone. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go Brandon. I agree. Yeah. Listen live on the free Seville 1075 app. Come and take it. Come and take it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on a second here. There's nothing in the Ted's Day operation manual that says they have to be different Ted Nugent songs every time. We're talking about gun gun buybacks. The history of gun buybacks in the world, part one, with uh, 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 Laurel and hearty handshake for Mel Brooks. The history of gun buybacks, part one. So, so the city of Charlottesville says, hey, 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 how about if we try a gun buyback? Maybe they'll stop yelling at us. And that's really all this is about. Um, so here, from the Pew researchers, can we all agree on a bipartisan basis? Oh, God, I'm getting to hate that word. <clears throat> can we all agree on a bipartisan basis that the Pew Research Center, if you're a leftist, if you're one of my Democrat friends, 
you will tell me that the Pew Research Center is uh, center-right, and uh, most of my conservative friends will say they're center-left. So they're pretty close to the middle of the road, just waiting to get hit by the 18-wheeler barreling down on them. Pew Research Trust, published in August 30th of 2022. Yeah, this is less than a year old. I mean, there are college frats with milk in the fridge older than this report. Matt Vasilogambos. Vasilogambos? Yeah, that's a, a, a Gambos. Vasilogambos, because that doesn't sound like a mob hitman, right? Matt Vasilogamos published the piece. Two weeks ago, more than 160 gun owners in Richmond, Virginia, turned in 474 firearms in the city's first-ever gun buyback event. Now, I bring this up not just because most of us can agree that Pew Research doesn't lean their way, which is a good starting point, but because they also begin this report by uh, Gambos, the enforcer, Basilo Gambos, the enforcer, um, by citing Richmond, who comes up frequently in uh, interim city manager Michael Rogers' portrayal of this attempt at a gun buyback. Well, it's uh, Richmond. 474 firearms in the city's first ever gun buyback event. City officials offered Amazon, Walmart, and Kroger gift cards in various amounts for different unwanted firearms. $250 card for assault-style weapons. Yeah, there's that phrase again. $200 for handguns, because you don't commit an assault with handguns. $150 for rifles and $25 for non-functioning guns. No questions asked. Patty Navalta, community activist and the organizer, knows all too well, goes to this report from Matt Vasilagambos that guns are stolen or bought on the streets that are used in crimes. The men who shot and killed her son, Robbie Poblet, in September of 2014, uh, during an attempted robbery in California, obtained their handgun illegally. She started a foundation to support gun buyback events through the country. You can give your money tax-free to her, and she pays herself a salary, certainly. For operating it. Nonprofit doesn't mean non revenue. And along with Augusta, Georgia, Richmond, Virginia, and Vallejo, California, they've collected more than 2,000 firearms. Reducing the number of guns in communities is essential, said Navalta. Now, that's the activist view. Most police departments, the report goes on, incinerate the weapons collected at such events, but the guns obtained by the Poblette Foundation buybacks are used to create exhibits throughout the Foundation's Art of Peace program to spark a discourse in gun violence. Now, hopefully they have disabled these firearms because I certainly wouldn't want anyone to break in to the Poblette Foundation and steal all the guns that they've uh, collected. So the Pew Research Center report now goes into kind of its more scholarly hat. American cities have been running buybacks since at least the 1970s. This is where Joe stops and says, 
come close. Come close. How's that been working? We have less gun violence. Less violence. You use firearm now. Just asking. You think? I mean, I mean, son of Sam is still in jail. They are broadly popular, the Pew Research Foundation says, even in conservative, gun-friendly states. Really? Over the past two months, for example, gun buyback events in Houston netted 854 guns. Well, hang on a second here. Anyone who's going to tell me Houston is a conservative place, Texas may be. Houston and Galveston, not so much. Dane County, Wisconsin. <laughs> really? What's that sound? That's the sound of us scraping the bottom of the barrel to try to find provable points. I mean, I, I, I understand this, and I, and I can hear you writing your emails right now. Yes, there's this thing called the Second Amendment. So, Joe, why are we ha even having this conversation? Because hashtag Second Amendment. I... I Follow me down the rabbit hole since we all live in this area and, and this sucking chest wound of a municipality is threatening to take the whole body with it. The same way the sucking chest wound of Buffalo, New York took most of Western New York's economy with it. We've got to save this place the same way somebody should have tried to save Bethlehem, Pennsylvania before its sucking chest wound sucked everything into it as well. And now, well, now they make beer and you know, some chocolate there, but you know, it's certainly not the steel industry. Mark Anderson, this Pew Research study from just last summer, professor of economics at Montana State University, so you know he must be conservative. He lives in Montana. I love the way they find these people. And then, you know, published a study for the National Bureau of Economic Research last year on the ineffectiveness of buyback events across the United States. The study cited research showing that buybacks offer too little money, tend to take police in low-crime areas, and collect firearms that tend to be older and less functional. Anderson's report asked the question, who's choosing to turn their gun in? It's probably not the person on the margins whose gun we're trying to get off the street. See, he's not a conservative. Is he? That gun from Grandpa is not the one that's going to be involved in a crime later on. It's the voluntary nature of these things. Ah, see, Anderson wants this to be mandatory. We're going to send some of our officers. You'll know them. They have these S's, a couple of S's on their sleeves. Special services, that's what it's Anderson's report says an effective buyback program would have to be a national event paired with a federal gun safety law, similar to what Australia did in 1996. Assistant Professor of Government and Public Policy at the University of Arizona, Bradley Bartos, who studied the impact of the Australian model, says Australia implemented a federal gun ban that autom banned automatic and semi-automatic rifles and shotguns, but also included a mandatory buyback, buyback of newly illegal firearms. 
Officials collected and destroyed more than 650 firearms, 650,000 firearms. Wait for it. About 20% of the guns in Australia. Um, This is a mandatory, mandatory gun buyback got 20%. Part of spring in Charlottesville, longer than dogwood trees. Well, we've been here a long time. Since 1933, it's WCHV. Ted's the morning in uh, Dysfunction Junction where they decided, hey, maybe we should try a gun buyback plan because that sounds good on the evening news. So we were uh, with with a nod to Mel Brooks and his resuscitated history of the world part two. It's the history of gun buybacks of the world part one. And, it, and as I said, I'm doing this for example. I believe me, shall not be infringed is not a hard phrase for you and me to understand. But there's an awful lot of people who uh, you know what you know what we need. Uh, pardon me a second. You know what we need? We uh, At least a dozen times, Chris Horner has said in discussions about climate change, yeah, the, 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 this is a, so Chris Horner is frequent to say, you know, uh, when discussing these cr- climate zealots, and zealots are zealots, no, no matter what their zealotry is pointed towards, this is something, and we must do something, therefore, we must do this. He says it much better than I do. So we must do something, and this is something, so we must do this. And that's what the city manager plan on gun buybacks is. We must do something, this is something, so we must do this. And it's not going to do anything. But they were talking, and we were going through this Pew research report from uh, 2022 because it was based on the same thing that Interim city manager Michael Rogers is basing his gun buyback plan in Charlottesville on, which is the city of Richmond, where they got 474 guns in a city of a million plus. We must do something. This is something. Therefore, we must do this. And so, so the premise of this Pew Research report is, is the Australian buyback that banning all these firearms in the country of Australia and then offering to a, a mandatory, not even offering, a mandatory buyback still only got 20% of the guns. And... Australia doesn't have something that you, uh, yes, uh, you can call back, by all means, 434-964-1075. If I, I'm sorry, excuse me if I don't stop in the middle of a sentence and pick up your phone call. But if, if you call, hang on, we'll get to you. If I pick up the phone line, I'm coming to you at some point. But that the, 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 our, our friends from down under, our Bruces, they don't have this little wacky thing called the Second Amendment. And do I need to? I know present company probably can all do this from memory. 
but you know the phrase shall not be infringed is pretty clear. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. The right of the people to keep and bear arms, not guns, arms, not guns, arms. It's ineffective. It's a publicity stunt. That's all this is. Now, you may want a publicity stunt, but is publicity stunt is a publicity stunt going to keep another 17-year-old from being recruited into MS-13? I mean, you know, you don't have to go across the southern Mexican border into Mexico to get killed by the drug gangs. Anyway, let me see about you here at 434-964-1075. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, Joe. Hey, Jay. You're on a spotty cell connection. Was that what happened to you before? Did it drop out on you? Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I'm right in the middle of Charlottesville, too. I don't. Wow. It doesn't make sense. You know, they're offended. You know, the only thing that offends the elected officials in Charlottesville and Albemarle County more than firearms are cell phone towers. Uh, so anyway, uh, you know, what what is your feeling on this? Oh, you're 100% right about everything. But one of the things you're talking about, the, the article on the gun buybacks and stuff in Australia, they the media spun that as a win. Because I remember seeing the pictures of dump trucks, and I know you saw them too on, on mm-hmm. social media and everything. And I was like, man, how in the world would everybody just give up their guns like that? So then if you get to reading articles later on, they, the politicians were pissed. I mean, they were furious because they said that they made a mistake. They didn't do universal background checks. They didn't do gun registration before they passed that law. So they didn't know where the guns were. Uh-huh. And the, the article that I read about it went into like a deep dive on it. We're talking about how... If Australia only gave up, you know, 15 to 20 percent of their guns, and they were saying in America that Australia doesn't have a gun culture and have a, you know, not not even the Second Amendment, but just the feelings of Australian people about being armed isn't nowhere near as deep-rooted as it is in America. And they were talking about how, how it would be an utter failure. And that's, that's when you've seen the whole pitch in the United States turn into being a registration drive and an right. ammunition ban. That's when they started turning their tactics away from an all-out confiscation because it showed them that there is no way in this world you're ever going to do that to the American citizens. If you can't do it to the people in other countries that don't have you know just being inbred in us from the time we're born that we're allowed to have a gun that you're you're never going to do that here and so it, it was you you bring a real good point and i'm glad you're talking about it because i was even fooled i mean the media and all the oh, yeah. the, the hype and stuff even kind of fooled me i say man there people are giving up their guns but no in all actuality they did not and, and actually, this, this guy Anderson, his report that Pew Research notes, points out that Australia, aside from not having this, um, what's it called? Oh, yeah, Second Amendment, um, you know, protecting a God-given right, recognizing that your right to keep and bear arms is God-given, not government-given. Um, you know, aside from not having that, they're also an island, which makes the prohibition of imports of firearms more practicable it doesn't make it easier because it's a big coastline but it's there is no southern border to australia everything is a coastline uh so all you have to do is have enough ships patrolling it enough australian coast guard bruces uh to to be out there um, watching the coastline to watch for the import of illicit firearms uh here uh, you know everything that they view as illicit is is boils down to one thing you me 
Our individual liberties and freedoms are illicit to them. Your ability to work at where you see fit, your ability to live where you see fit, your ability to say what you see fit, all of that is illicit to these uh, people because they have decided they need to be the organizers. And if you go back to Karl Marx, what does he write about very early on in his manifesto? The need to have organizers, that the, that the, the communities will be organized by these government boards and that they will d- dispatch all of the things that you need. Uh, and, and that is exactly where we're being herded to, AJ. Oh, 100%. And you know, whether people want to admit it or not, a firearm is a tool of freedom. That is exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. And nobody, and no, no, people don't like to say that, but that's what every government, every dictator has to do. They have to separate you from any tool that will give you your freedom yep. back. And they know that. And that is what we have to stand up and say that. And, it, you know, stop cowering down and say, well, that's not nice to say them things. But, no, that's why we're armed. That's why we have guns. That's why we'll never give them up. Because the people like Chuck Schumer, I hope you saw that his little speech yesterday about Tucker Carlson oh, and Fox News. Oh, oh, we, I mean, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to get to the January 6th stuff uh, because I went to the archives of this program uh, and it, it's almost like I predicted that Tucker Carlson would find that. And, and, and God bless Kevin McCarthy. Can I, can I say that before we change subjects thoroughly uh, for being the source of these videos? Um, to Tucker Carlson, uh, for everyone who's been like, I don't know, I just, you know, uh, he, this may have pushed him into that pantheon with guys like Gingrich uh, in terms of conservative leadership in Congress, uh, where he found stuff and said, you know, he's he's the uber whistleblower right now. Well, as uh, the government did, and it's a big story, but. They denied people in that com- uh, the committee, the Republicans like Liz Cheney and all of them, and the Democrats. They denied people information in their trials that would have lightened their sentences or got them off that shaman guy that they all you know put his face mm-hmm. out there and he was the face of january 6th all the coverage that they had that they hid from his defense attorneys nope. from the court from the judges showed him doing nothing but walking in and actually being, yeah, being escorted. followed around with cops like tour guides right escorted I mean, to the floor of the senate i mean you know so so when when these things you know, are seen. And, and again, the realities of this, this is, and, and there's a reason these gun buybacks are important to the government. The authoritarians go to Jonathan Emord's book. Uh, I know he's a Senate candidate. I'll probably owe other people Senate t- candidate time. But Jonathan Emord wrote a terrific piece called The Authoritarians. Came out last year. Uh, it's it's a treatise in in what this is. It's not progressive. It's not liberal. It's not Democrat. It's not even Marxist. It's authoritarian because long before Karl Marx codified it and wrote it down on paper, uh, you know, we watched Rome, Greece, Germany. I mean, all these places were falling to these uh, dictators, France. Uh, Napoleon didn't read Karl Marx because Karl Marx didn't exist when Napoleon uh, you know, was around. But you, know, you create enough chaos and people will turn over all their liberties to a strongman dictator. And uh, the authoritarians are doing that right now uh, and they're making us, this is why I, the phrase gaslighting is so important because they're convincing 
us that we should vote for it because they can't do it unless we comply. And and it has as much to do with firearms or anything else. Our complicity, our our agreement, our our supplication to them is what they need. So they have to constantly hit us with this. Why do you make me do these things to you? Kind of stories. Uh, and 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 when when it all comes down, it's all the government versus the citizens over and over again. And it is it is frightening times, AJ. Oh, it's it's human nature. Human nature, there's always going to be a percentage of the population that thinks they know better than everybody else. And there's always going to be humans that want to control everybody, you know, the other yep. part of the human nature. But you've got a very dangerous situation right now. You've got media colluding with the government to paint their enemies as enemies of the state and enemies of the people, and they're putting them in jail. You know, that guy got four years in jail because the media lied and the government lied about him. Our government is lying against his enemies, using the media to put the, you know, to, to direct the narrative, to put those people behind bars. Well, yeah, but Anybody AJ, that isn't, even a Democrat right now, should be furious at what's going on. And if it can happen to them, it can happen to you and me. Well, AJ, there are still people who haven't even seen the inside of a courtroom exactly. yet. And, and and isn't that the Fifth Amendment? You know, fair uh, a speedy trial is Fifth Amendment, I believe. Um, you know, but that means people have been languishing for two years, paying lawyers, trying to trying to survive while they defend themselves, being told, "Oh, all your buddies have signed this deal. Uh, you know, they can never vote, they can never hold office, they can never have a say. I uh, can't get a credit card. All these things. Uh, you know, and and you know, do we still have the clip of the? Uh, I've got a guy from our uh, CPAC coverage that uh, uh, came by the broadcast booth on Saturday. We didn't uh, have time to get him onto the show, but but um, uh, we've got you know plenty of these folks who are, who are furious about what's being released now and and it's it, it's like you knew uh, when 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 what was it 41,000 hours of footage that was left out of the highly edited uh, and pe- pre-packaged videos that you we were shown uh, and and I think part of the problem with January 6th committee AJ not to digress into this and we, we are sort of jumping ahead but is is because I think a lot of American centrists, the independents, the sort of just leave me alones that Patrick Henry was yelling at, give me liberty or give me death, they they saw the January 6th hearings and went, all right, come on, guys, all right, I, even I can tell you, you're, you're, you're telling a story here. I mean, this is made for TV. This is, this is awful. Uh, and- but it also... The, the committee, uh, you got Liz Cheney now that got a nice cushy job at UVA making how much money because she was part of the establishment. That tells you how bad our system is. Yep. They protect and take care of their own. That they, that you know, if they go for their agenda and they push their agenda, the accepted agenda against the American people and against your rights, then they're rewarded later. They protect their own, and that's why it has to be cleaned out. It, it's like a hornet's nest. It's got to be gutted and burned mm-hmm. to the ground and rebuilt. It has. To well, be. you know, as long as we keep the see, this is why I'm such an ardent convention. And estates guy, because the 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 tool, the weapon, the 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 depth charge that they're so afraid of is the is Article Five that says we the people can in in enact amendments to the Constitution without the central government in Washington 
whether their approval or not. Uh, and, and it was written in there specifically because George Mason knew, as you said, AJ, that human nature is going to lead us into despotism. It just always does. I think I'm smarter than you. You think you're smarter than me. You whack me. I whack you. I whack Zeppo. Uh, and and all of these you know uh, affairs have had happened through history. So George Mason said, "Time out. What if we what if we give the sent you know, the people an opportunity to blow up the central government without actually doing it? Where where the Constitution itself and and watch yourself, AJ. If you mention the Convention of States to people, they'll call you an insurrectionist, and you cannot. I've checked the law. You cannot be an insurrectionist if you're just trying to invoke something that's in the Constitution to begin with, unless these people want to go into the rabbit hole of actually tearing up the Constitution. And I call them out. I challenge, uh, you know, Abigail Spanberger to tell me right now, or I challenge, you know, any leftists running for the House of Delegates, you want to tear up the U.S. Constitution because you you do it on this show. I guarantee you half your Democrat support walks out the door because that's a bridge too far for 75, 80% of all Americans. It's, I'm sad that the number is that low, uh, but that's just my feeling on it, that if you said, yeah, well, we want to tear up the Constitution and start with something new and authoritarian, most people would say not just no, but hell no. I, I'm not saying you're wrong about the Convention of States, but you've got the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, everything now, they're walking all over it. And huh? I don't see what more words or more pieces of paper is going to restrict these well, people. No, no, no. You know, to, you know, restrict the money. Take the money away from them. Once once they don't have the money. But look, but, but they've got off-the-book things now they're doing. Look, at they I were supposed know. to hit the debt ceiling or whatever. So now what did um, the, uh, the Janet Yellen or whatever say, okay, well, we can do some accounting things to push it down the road. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like every turn you think you've got them, they just do what they want to do anymore. And that's why I say I don't understand, like, and I'm not saying you're wrong, and I'm not saying it's a good idea. I'm just saying at the end of the day, we have all these restrictions on government now, and they're still doing what they want to do. I, they don't I understand cater. that. I understand that. But you know what? You know, like the expression says, haters got to hate, authoritarians got a boss, and, and they're going to try. And, and what did, um, was Reagan's point? You know, you're never more than a generation away from losing it. Um, this is just our turn. This is Lexington and Concord. Uh, and and this is this is where we push back um, and say you know enough is enough and 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 people are starting to realize even in the middle and and as you even edge towards the left people are realizing just how far this has gotten and I think Chuck Schumer's statements yesterday uh, are going to be a big part of that but I'm gonna I'm coming up on my news here AJ good stuff thank you for pulling us ahead front selling our, our discussions about January sixth as well uh, because uh, along with the gun buybacks. It's all the authoritarians. You be blessed, my friend. All right, you too, buddy. Sorry to derail the train. No, no, not at all. The Inquisition. What a show. The Inquisition. Here we go. We know you're wishing that we go away. History of gun buybacks of the world, part one. Talk about it. What do you say? I just got back from the auto de fe. Auto What's an auto It's what you ought to do, but you do anyway. Making you part of his unauthorized autobiography every morning. There's an award you're going to be receiving. It's called the Benjamin Franklin Award for Journalistic Excellence. Joe Thomas in the Morning on WCHV. The Second Amendment from the day it was passed limited the type of people who could own a gun and what type of weapon you could own. You couldn't buy a cannon. Those who say the blood of, the, the blood of patriots, you know, and all the stuff about how we're going to have to... 
move against the government. Well, the tree of liberty is not water in the blood of patriots. What's happened is that there have never been, if you wanted to think you need to have weapons to take on the government, you need F-15s and maybe some nuclear weapons. Because we won't send those to the Ukrainians, uh, it was a message. The authoritarians, and yes, the gun buyback in Charlottesville is just another instance of the authoritarians. Uh, we've got folks hanging on the line, and uh, since AJ asked, I, w- I went back into the archives of Joe Thomas in the morning, and I went, and I, because I, I said, I, I, I feel like. I feel like we've done this before. I feel like we've had this conversation before. When I was watching the, you know, and I, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you I watched Tucker Carlson uh, play these videos from Kevin McCarthy in real time uh, because you know I'd be lying because <laughs> I'm asleep by the time Tucker comes on the air. Uh, but just uh, I went to the archives and and I recall after the uh, first January sixth primetime extravaganza, and I said this to you. <laughs> It's time to put on makeup. It's time to dress up right. It's time to raise the curtain on the Muppet Show tonight. They've called Washington, D.C. Hollywood for ugly people before, but this made-for-TV melodrama is just bizarre as they settle in for this January 6th primetime event, heavily edited. They've spent more money on editing than they have on actually investigating anything. And, and it raises the question. So, so that's, uh, and, and as we were pointing out, what did they leave out? And and if I was in court, and you know the, the Commonwealth's attorney had a piece, you know, a photograph from a downtown mall surveillance camera of me standing back, standing next to somebody uh, that's bad, I'd say, Your Honor, can we see the photographs before this? Or at least I hope my lawyer would be smart enough to do that. Because as we've said before, when it comes to surveillance footage, what is context? And when all of a sudden you see the uh, January 6th shaman being escorted onto the floor of the Senate by Capitol Police officers, you say, what? Dr. Clark is hanging on the line. Hang on one second, Dr. Clark. I just want to get line two in the queue here. Hi, hang on the line for me for a second, please. Yes, sir. All right, Dr. Clark, you have the floor. The uh, the distinguished speaker from Alabama is uh, recognized. <laughs> so, in your conversation with AJ, y'all mentioned the fact that we're always going to have people that think they know what's best for us, Joe. Yeah. They've gone so much further than that. Joe, did they or did they not assume the ability to determine what jobs are and aren't essential. Yes, they yes, did. Yes, they did. Joe, if they can decide your job is non-essential, they can decide you're non-essential. Absolutely. Oh, without question. And and yet everyone, it's just slid by everyone because we were afraid of this, this virus, this man-made, lab-made uh, bioweapon uh, that that we're now finding out more and more about, and they really now now is this. We got to do something. Got to do something to keep them from noticing all the things that are coming out about it. Uh, and so, 
let's let's stir up guns again because that'll keep them from being it. I, I don't know if you heard the clip yesterday on the program, Doctor Clark, uh, but there was a young lady from the city of Promise here in Charlottesville that, that, that ostensibly, without meaning to, blamed all the gun violence in Charlottesville on Doctor Ralph Northam. Uh, and uh, and believe me, uh, having seen the pictures from his yearbook, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he'd be fine with black kids shooting other black kids. Uh, somewhere under that white sheet is a guy who probably thinks it's just uh, postpartum abortion. But she said it was the pandemic lockdowns that caused all these kids to be so antisocial to each other and so violent to each other because we never had this stuff before uh, covid but uh, I, i'm not mistaken it was dr northam that told us uh, I, i'm a doctor i'm a i'm a family doctor and uh, i say i say look at me when i'm talking to you son uh, and uh, he told us all to stay home and stay in the basement yeah, I think probably we could go more to lack of parenting, but um, the whole it takes a village thing ain't working out for us. Well, you know, but there's this again, and be careful you walk out on the tightrope. What is parenting? Is we want? I watched a video of an Arizona school teacher stomp up and down and hold it, have a tantrum. That honestly, if she was a third grader, I'd have her sent to the dean's office for throwing this tantrum in a school board meeting in Arizona, stomping her feet, saying, "I have a PhD. I'm not going to listen to some parent tell me what I can't can teach their kids." You know, and and this is. She was speaking from the heart, Joe. Well, maybe we need her to speak That's... from the brain. Well, no. <laughs> she did speak from the heart. And in doing so, she revealed yeah. what's in all of those people's hearts. They have advanced degrees, and they know better than we do. Yep. That's probably why Jill Biden has, yeah, she's got an advanced, advanced degree in education. How's it work for her husband? She's so much more qualified to tell us how to live our lives. <laughs> but look at her husband. I mean, if she can't get her husband on the beam, come on now, Doctor Clark. You know, her 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 great Pygmalion example is just yeah, he's like, well, just going to state of the union. I mean, if I did that. Okay, he's just a grabastic radio show host, and he talked himself into a corner. This is the freaking State of the Union address. Come on, guys. Uh, but uh, I, you know, it is it is a scary time. It is what George Mason was afraid of, and it's why the Article Five was written into the U.S. Constitution because the states needed to watch for their own authority. Uh, this email came in during the news break. He said, "Joe, the states tried to uh, do a convention of states before." the Civil War. It was the premise that they used for fighting the Civil War. It is insurrectionist. It is insurrectionist because you're saying that you're more important than the federal government. It's always going to be insurrectionist because you're saying you're more important than the federal government. It's what George Mason was afraid of, but we can't stop it now. I, I don't know about that, Dr. Clark. Do you think we can put the genie back in the bottle? Last question. It's hard to get them genies back in the bottle if they don't want to go back in there, Joe. But you're bringing Mason up, and because I'm kind of ADD, you in Charlottesville and in Virginia probably know more than anywhere else in the country about canceling Mason, Jefferson, Washington, et cetera, et cetera, for various reasons, right? Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, statues coming down, got to change the name of schools. Joe. 
I was listening to an old radio program the other day that was brought to me by the Columbia Broadcasting System. Where'd the name Columbia come from? From the country, I believe. That is, of course, what CBS stands from. Christopher Columbus, right? (gasps) Oh, my gosh. CBS is racist. They've got to be done away with. Wait till it gets worse. What's NBC stand for? The National Broadcasting Corporation. The what Broadcasting Corporation? They're nationalists. Nazis. They've got to go. And then the worst of all, according to the Wokesters, ABC. Uh, The American Broadcasting Corporation. We've got three major... And and you know what the worst part about ABC is? They put America first. (gasps) They did. (laughs) Good stuff, Dr. Clark. I'll talk to you soon. Take care, sir. We'll get to uh, the uh, current Mason, not George Mason, next. Trusting you to know information from disinformation. I have the freedom to kill you with my COVID. Without a government board. You're mocking me, aren't you? Oh, no. WCHV. Joe Thomas in the morning. It's a Ted Steve. And uh, we've got a lot to cover this morning. You have some great thoughts on it. 434-964-1075 is my number. Mason was hanging on the line. Uh, we finished with Dr. Clark, so let me see what Mason has to add to the stew this morning. Good morning, Mason. What's going on? <laughs> morning, sir. How are you doing? I want, uh, good, thank you. I want to talk about handgun buybacks. Mm-hmm. I applaud our new chief of police in the city for trying to get this moving. Really? But here, she, oh, absolutely. You don't have to sell your handgun. You don't want to sell your handgun. You don't have to sell your gun. Right. They are not forcing you to sell your gun. They are trying to get guns away from these people that are doing the shootings on the street, guns that float from person to person. Now, folks in the city, implement it. Number two, don't be cheap. First 10 guns, not $100, $500. Next 10 guns, $400. Next 10 guns, $300. Man, they'll be scurrying to see who can get there first. You think that's enough money? Because this report that I was reading earlier from the Pew Research Center, uh, most of the folks who, you know, even supporters of gun buybacks who say, yeah, they haven't really done a lot, um, you know, and even in Richmond, they say that it's because they've chinsed on on what the cost was. Uh, Michael just wrote in to the uh, smartphone app, said, give me 10 times what I paid for my gun and I'll sell it back to you. That way I can buy a new one. With well, see, that's not, that's, not the, that's not the clientele you're looking to get involved with. And, and if $500 isn't enough, $1,000. 
but how much is the life worth? But it isn't cash money either. It's it's gift cards to Walmart, to Kroger, uh, places like that. Now, I mean, you you know, and and I think one of the fiscally responsible upsides to this is you can go to Kroger and say, hey, contribute this, and then you'll be seen as a partner in this. We'll put you on all the billboards that you partnered with us for this gun buyback. You'll get good community relations, and you can write it off your taxes as well. Um, but right, yeah. right, and you you don't want to hand out cash cash they just buy more drugs but but the gift cards are loved yes they are yes they are but you know, you bring up the d word so so when are we going to address that issue when are we going to have a drug buyback i know we have the drug take back days that's the pharmaceutical stuff but when are we going to start being serious about fighting uh, the drug abuse and uh, that that these drug gangs are profiting from the reason they're giving these 17 year olds guns is because the 17 year olds are their street you know enforcers uh, because they 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 get them in middle school i wish it, it isn't even a conservative thing denise lunsford Democrat, uh, Democrat on the uh, uh, Commonwealth Attorney's Office sat in this studio with me and talked about how the drug gangs were recruiting kids in Charlottesville and Albemarle County in middle school, Mason, because they don't think the police will stop a, a an 11 or a 12-year-old uh, while they're carrying their drugs downtown to give to the distribution network. Stopping the drug trade is a massively maybe impossible problem until you can get the four or five cartels that operate in mexico and then the president of mexico that closes his eyes to them it's it's maybe impossible well look at what happened to the young lady that was just going down there from for what it was apparently i guess an off-market tummy tuck uh, surgery and she uh, her friends wound up dead because of it because this is who these people are It, it what happened just south of the mexican border is exactly what's happening on you know tenth and page here in Charlottesville, Mason, and that's why I think we need a, a better campaign to fight the drug use, and and to show kids that you know just say no. It was the only time we made a statistical impact in the amount of people and the amount of drugs being taken in the United States. It, it didn't make a big swing. Uh, it didn't make it didn't cut it in half, but it was the only time we had a statistically notable drop in the number of people using drugs and the amount of drugs being purchased. Uh, so we, if if dr- gun buybacks you know, are a little something and they do a little bit, uh, certainly just say no campaigns to fight the drug purchasing uh, uh, marketplace rather than this zeal for legalizing it all more. How about we convince kids that it's a bad idea to walk around stoned all day? Uh, well, we'll take, we'll, take, we'll take every avenue we can. I like but it. The, the, cartel, the cartel that did that work down there the other day was the Gulf Cartel, G-U-L- F-O. Look them up. Mm-hmm. They're the least offensive cartel, and there they are shooting people in the daylight. Right. They're, they're the politically correct one. They're, they're the, uh, the, the nice guys. Uh, it's, a, it's a bad scene, Mason. Well, I won't, I won't, go, I won't, go, I won't go that far, <laughs> but they're, the, 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 they're, the, they're four or five above them that are, yeah, make them look like they're not so bad. Yeah, but they're, they're terrible. I know. Absolutely. And if we don't buy their stuff from them, then what are they going to do? Anyway, Mason, I've got to run to the news, my friend. Good stuff as always, my friend. Nice day.
434-964-1075 emails uh, in here. Come on, it's not the gun that it's not the gun, it's the gangs and drugs. So uh, so he said it's impossible to stop the drugs and he doesn't think the same with guns. Uh, well, it, but this is the thing, Mike. Um, you know, and and I don't want to start a, a battle royal. You know, it's not it's not you and me. We all have these feelings. We all want to see this get fixed. But it starts with a morality in our society. It starts. It starts with a morality. And uh, what, what did the KGB defector say? Ideological subversion is is the slow process, which we call either ideological subversion or active measures, activne мероприятия in the language of, of the KGB, or psychological warfare. What it basically means is to change the perception of reality of every American to such an extent that despite of the abundance of information, no one is able to come to sensible conclusions in the interests of defending themselves, their families, their community, and their country. It's a great brainwashing uh, process which goes very slow and it's divided in, in four basic stages. Uh, the first one being demoralization. It takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. Why that many years? Because this is the minimum number of years which requires to uh, educate one generation of students in the country of, of, of your enemy, exposed to the ideology of the enemy. And in 1984, they were already on their third generation. Demoralization, a separation from our morality. A separation that uh, fr that says, sure, you have a Second Amendment right, or a Second Amendment protected right to keep and bear arms, but there's a Sixth Commandment that says, thou shalt not murder, too. March Madness all day. Building a better America. And some basketball games, too. Seville 107.5 and 1260 WCHV. Get a couple of your emails in here uh, before we Sally Forth, uh, which is a much better uh, person to hang out with in the morning than Sally Hudson. Although she, you know, she may be a pleasant conversation. Um, but uh, just to your emails at four three four nine six four one zero seven five. No, that would be how the phone calls get to you, Joe. Come on, this presidential moment brought to you by the Biden administration. Uh, so Charles writes in, kidnapped and murdered Americans. I hear Mexico's president now round up the usual suspects. <laughs> he says, speaking of morality and Joe and Jill. Oh, you're going to connect morality and Joe and Jill? Joe and Jill went up to the hill. As the pervert in chief, pin C, but you can add an O, um, Still swimming nude in front of female Secret Service agents in the pool in his residence is the dude. Uh, and he links the, you know, what is that, uh, 01? No, it was a 14, 2014, Biden swims naked 
upsetting female secret service agents, you know, please. And and then and then you get into the whole Donnie broke over the DeSantis pictures. Have you seen the DeSantis pictures? And and by the way, can can everyone who's righteously indignant over a picture of Ron DeSantis when he was twenty two come and talk to me about Ralph Northam's yearbook just for a minute or two? Ray writes in, Mason has spent too much time in Cuba. There have been a lot of gun buybacks. None has ever produced a reduction in violent crime. I saw those up close in Chicago. Well, that was the reason I went to the, and I didn't go to the Heritage Foundation. I didn't go pull something from the Virginia Citizens Defense League. I went to the Pew Research Center because the Democrats I know think Pew Research leans right. And the Republicans and the conservatives, I know, think Pew Research Center is just slightly less partisan than national public radio. So I said, let's let's see what both groups dislike about Pew Research, and I'll read into it. Now, it certainly seemed like it leaned left to me, but even they excoriate the idea of gun buybacks as being anything other than, uh, what's, what's Chris Horner's favorite? Favor- uh, favorite expression, uh, we must do something. This is something, so we must do this. Ray writes in under the uh, title employees, the thing to remember that every member of the federal government and every member of all other kinds of level uh, of government, they are our employees. And I think that you know brings us back To January 6th, because when when you look at what most of these folks have been charged with, even the, the felony charges have been felonious uh, entry into public buildings, being in a public place without permission. And then you see them being ushered around by the Capitol Police when you finally see all the other footage, 41, I think it's 41,000 minutes of of footage that was left on the cutting room floor. floor. Like I told you, this made-for-TV miniseries, the January 6th hearings, where's, you you know what I thought was interesting? So the, this comes out, Kevin McCarthy, who I have a picture from Sam's up on 29 North. Kevin McCarthy standing with Denver Riggleman. And I go to Denver Riggleman's Twitter feed to see his, it's on this and So fascinating. We got a bunch of folks ringing in here. Good morning, who's this? Hey, Joe, it's Sean. Hey, Sean, hang on one second. I just want to get line two picked up here. Good morning, who's this? More sir. Hey, Mason, see, see, this is what I want to avoid is this this Jim Rome style. Everyone listen to Jim Rome in the afternoon where he pits his callers against each other. I hate that. I actually, I love Jim Rome. I hate it when he does his smack off. But hang on the line. I'll give you a moment to respond to what Ray wrote in his email. Uh, hang on a second. Let me see what Sean has. I, I truly, I love Jim Rome as a sports talk host. I can't stand his smack offs. Uh, I, you know, it just uh, drives me crazy because I just, the pitting listeners against each other is just not my jam. Uh, but anyway, Sean, what's your mind, sir? Well, I must have missed Matt. I, 
I've taken it from what I'm hearing. I'm a little late getting into the talk, but Mason had suggested gun buybacks. Well, he said he said um, well, he was in support of uh, the interim city manager uh, because it is something. Uh, and as I said, well, the premise, okay. uh, yeah. that being said, here's the deal with gun buybacks in Virginia. Because a buddy of mine that's a cop had to look into it for the jurisdiction he worked in. And the law changed in the, within the Commonwealth several years back. And because a lot of money can get spent on that, where is it coming from? Any guns used that, that are bought in a gun buyback must be auctioned off in a blind auction to an FFL dealer. So they're not going to be destroyed. They're just going to be rebought by someone else. And the money from that blind auction to supplement what was paid out to buy back. Hmm. It's, it's interesting, uh, you know, so unlike, unlike cash for clunkers, which was sell us your, you know, moderately old car and we're going to fill the engine with lead so it'll never run again, um, these guns actually just go back onto the market. Now, cash for clunkers, they turned around and sold the cars from scratch. So they did make something off of it. A little bit. And at the time, yeah. But uh, the other comical thing about it is, now you couldn't do it now, because within the Commonwealth, there is no legal private sale that doesn't go through an FFL dealer. But I've had some acquaintances that went to some gun buybacks, stood across the street, and were offering people $10 more for what than the flat rate that that jurisdiction was offering and ended up getting them some pretty sweet guns. Well, uh, it's, it certainly would be out there, and uh, I worry about those kind of guns, though, is you know, because they'll have serial numbers and so on and so forth in history, uh, and Lord knows the law enforcement community can uh, misuse some of that stuff if 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 it's wanted to be used against you. But uh, good, yeah, well said, well, though. Sean. Wait a minute, wait, Joe. Joe, what do you mean? How can law enforcement misuse something against what? Well, if if you own a gun that you know previously had been owned by a felon, uh, or you know in some pursuit, and it was purchased through one of these uh, scams, you got to make sure. What do they call it in the car business? Is a clean title. So if you have a firearm uh, and it's uh, and it was uh, purchased through one of these auctions that comes from a gun buyback, I just want to make sure that it has a clean title, um, so that when when the the serial number of my gun may come up, if I have to defend myself, uh, I don't get. Uh, uh, characterized in the court of public opinion as uh, as uh, owning this firearm that was used in X, Y, and Z down the road. You know what I'm well, saying? The serial, nu- the, the serial number and how you would have to buy it due to how the FFL guy would get it, that would be your source of documentation on because it didn't come from a distributor where the FFL would no, owner would normally get it. It came through that. There would have to be some type of documentation on that. And the only real way that it would come if that gun was used and never known, never known to have been used in a crime, and then you used it, and when it went to the lab, it was determined that this gun is also the gun that was used in XYZ that the cops never found. I, I understand that, but you know, if if let's say a notable conservative talk show host defended his property in say a place, let's, let's say the county, mythical county, sounds like uh, Guvana, uh, and and all of a sudden, you know, the firearm he used is found to have also been used in X, Y, and Z forensically, as you said. Do you think the press is going to worry about the documentation uh, for weeks on end while they castigate that that say conservative radio show host uh, publicly 
for weeks and weeks and weeks, costing him his job and his income and his ability to pay his bills, never mind the legal fees, uh, only to admit on page 18 of some Sunday insert supplement that, oh, it was found upon further review that Mr. Thomas had bought the, I mean, the mythical conservative talk show host from Buvana, uh, is, uh, had purchased the firearm at, at, a, at an auction after the fact. We're sorry. Move along. Where do I go for to get my good name back? I'm, I, you're talking about law. I'm talking about the uh, the court of public opinion, which is what these people are using against right, righteous gun owners. Look at what happened to the couple in St. Louis. Well, the, the point being, if you're looking at a jurisdiction that is talking about doing that, obviously they are not very... They find out that the guns will just be recirculated. There's no way they'll do it. Oh, well, maybe that's it. Maybe from your lips to the interim city manager's ears. I got this email, by the way, Sean, you'll like this. Why do you keep referring to him as interim city manager? Because that's his title. But they, they think I'm doing it to be dismissive of Michael Rogers' authority. Uh, and uh, I, I, certainly I, I, I wouldn't mean that, Sean. Do you infer that when I refer to him as interim city manager? I've lost Sean. We have been around for almost 90 years alone, and not a sign of any slowing down. I took four meetings at Seville Coffee. Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. Shut up and jam! Joe Thomas in the morning. Uh, we love Mason hanging on the line. He was brought up in a couple of emails, so uh, he uh, apparently uh, bristles. So uh, we'll find out what he's got here uh, for us. Good morning, Mason. Welcome back. Thanks, sir. No, I didn't bristle. I just want to let the truth be known. And that is? If Chicago, if Chicago has an increase in gun violence, and you can slow it up by 10 or 15 deaths a year, don't you think that's a good thing? Now, you're not going to solve the problem with gun buybacks. And I will repeat again for those that weren't listening. You do not have to sell your gun. I, 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 I'm not saying that your theory is no, not, not without I'm not merit. Saying, I'm not saying you. It was a person that wrote in. I understand that. And and the the problem is is, <laughs> is that, and, and I tend to, if you've listened to any of the program prior to this, you know, feel that this is a, a dog and pony show designed to make the Vox Populi calm down and, and stop calling City Hall and yelling at Mayor Snook uh, over this and saying, are you going to do something about it? it? It's, it's as Chris Horner has referred to the, uh, the process, uh, you know, the, the municipal government says, we must do something. This is something, therefore we must do this. And, and, and it is not as effective as even you know, people would think. So the worry is, just like with our fa- false narrative on vaccines, we, we hear something, we think it means something, and, and, and therefore we, we uh, presume that that something that isn't happening is happening. They're not going to get all the guns off the street. They're not even going to get the guns off the street from the bad guys. What what has come to light in New York, uh, in, in my hometown, uh, when gun buybacks were tried, basically what happens is guns are sold back by people who you know already have other illicit firearms to use in other 
capacities. They're just handing them in to make some cash or they're given some money to, to get some cash. These are not coming out of the hands of bad guys. Uh, MS-13 is not going to line up and, and hand in their AK-47s or, or their Uzis uh, and, and expect the police chief to just accept them and give them a $500 Kroger card. That's the, that's the bait and switch in this. It sounds nice to be said. And and if it's ten percent, uh, that that's something. But if you're uh, if you're one of the nine people who are killed out of the other ten, it, it still doesn't help your family feel better, does it? Even though the warranty is we we did a gun buyback, and and then there's still going to be gun violence. Well, you have to try. If you sit around and say I'm not going to do oh, anything, no, no, no. oh no no nobody is I, saying you're that. Not, no, hold on, hold on, and and you need to keep guns compared with guns, not vaccines. Now, it's like cleaning your house. If you say, well, I'm not going to clean my house. I'm just going to let the dust build up and build up and build up. you got to try and do the best you can. Well, I understand that, but is this the best we can? And I wasn't, I wasn't comparing guns to vaccines. I was comparing government narratives to government narratives. I was comparing apples to apples. It was a government sales pitch versus a government sales pitch designed to make the listener hear something. <laughs> so anyway, sir, yeah, welcome back. Well, and like I said, well, I... Thanks. Hold on. Now, now, if you have a better idea, put it on the table. I, and I have. That's the best idea we have at the time that I know of. Well, uh, I've I've thrown a couple out there uh, as well. I will and, uh, I will I will take I will take the idea of buying guns back because, as the chief of police, new chief of police said, if you just say one life. All right. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, I've got to run to the news though, Mason. Good stuff again, my friend. We care more about Market Streets and Wall Streets owned by an actual mom and an actual Bob. WCHV AM and FM, Charlottesville, a Monticello Media Group station. Come and take it. Come and take it. So here's a question for you. And I don't mean to make this sound unduly mean-spirited, but is living in the city of Charlottesville 6% better than it was last year? I mean, the interim city manager's budget is 6% higher than it was uh, for last year. And uh, so you would presume that living in Charlottesville is 6% better than it was last year. I know, I know. They're going to need the money, Joe, for the gun buyback program. They're going to need the money for the gun buyback program that's going to uh, do what the Pew Research Center says won't happen. Pew Research, which, if you ask Democrats, will tell you leans to the right. If you ask Republicans, it's just slightly better than NPR. Whole report issued last year right after Richmond, whose gun buyback program is the one we're going to apparently partner this after because we're sort of making it up on the fly. I got that impression that this was sort of Michael Cochise, who, who, you know, this email, and I want to address this because it's designed to make me look bad, and I like taking these head on. Dear Joe, why don't you, instead of sitting here and running your mouth, ask Chief Coaches yourself, smart guy? And we've invited Chief Coaches on the show plenty of times uh, since he took office. I've gotten tired of asking. 
I emailed his uh, PIO, and the PIO ghosts me. Uh, so, uh, you know, and that's fine. He's got a, the, the police chief's got an untenable position because he has to play the political games of Lloyd Snook and Michael Payne because he works for them. He may agree or disagree with what we say, and he may or may not be thin-skinned enough to say we're criticizing him so he doesn't want to talk to us. That's fine. I'm not criticizing him. I'm criticizing policies. He seems like a perfectly affable fellow. I'm still an Al Thomas fan. I, I'm the only one in Charlottesville. I should get a T-shirt that and walk around town saying it wasn't Al Thomas's fault. Al Thomas, at this point, is the last police chief who actually protected anybody's constitutional rights in Charlottesville and was ridden out of town not on a rail but with the rail shoved up his ass for it. But uh, Matt uh, Vasilo Gambos, Gambros, Vasilo Gambros uh, is the article uh, author. Gun, ba- gun buybacks are popular, but are they effective? And actually, if you read the uh, Pew Research piece, no, they're not. They even go into a study where a left-wing professor, perhaps the only one in Montana, um, says uh, that gun buybacks don't go far enough, they don't get the guns from the criminals and all the things that you and I could say without having to get, you know, sorry, was, you know, that, that sound of me picking up the phone was an indication that I was going to talk to you. Education on the fly. See, this is, you know, what happens when I don't filter. You, you want to talk transparency? You call 434-964-1075. You get me, not some producer who tell him that but you know, chief coaches can come on the show any old time. I think the last police chief we had on the show was his predecessor, Rochelle Brackney. We had Al Thomas on. We used to have Tim Longo on all the time. But I'm not here to do PR for them. And maybe that's the problem. And, and believe me, they're in a position where they need PR. Because there are plenty of people who are, and I've got an inbox full of them saying, Joe, you're not helping by criticizing the gun buyback program. You're right to say this is something and we need to do something. I was, I was satirizing the, the, the statement that we need to do something. You hear this coming. We need to do something. And then somebody says, well, this is something. Okay, then we need to do this. Well, just because it's something doesn't mean you need to do it. You need to do the constitutional thing. You need to do the, the holistic thing. You need to do the things that not only protect people's rights, but help law enforcement find people when they transgress those rights. Tashio Ferrazes, Ferrazes? Tashio Ferrazares and Joseph Sabia and Mark Anderson have U.S. gun buyback programs misfired. This is the uh, folks, uh, the collegial work from Montana. It will keep the heat off of Lloyd Snook's back for a while, but is that what public policy is supposed to do, keep the heat off of Lloyd Snook's back? And and we've run plenty of things down there. This email comes in to joe at wchv.com. I paused for a moment because it looked like perhaps somebody 
was going to call back in that was trying to call in before. And I will, I will always allow for the fact that we have crappy cell phone service around here because the only thing that the Albemarle Board of Supervisors are more offended by than the sight of a firearm is the sight of a cell phone tower. But that said, last before we have to uh, run to break on the subject of gun violence, Joe, you suggested a campaign similar to what the drunk driving opponents do with wrecked cars. I like the idea, but the, the hand ringers in the school admi- divisions would never want graphic images of dead MS-13 members floating in the river, even though they perfectly fine with graphic images of transgender people. Well, uh, maybe maybe that would really send somebody home. And if somebody transgender gets killed by MS-13, maybe then they'll get you know we'll get somebody's attention. The original social media. Call Joe Thomas in the morning on anything. Hey, Whitey, where's your hat? Really? Oh, well, where you? Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV.